I understand the heart behind, behind that song, but I always want to tell you, there is no way he's going to pass you by. <laughs> if you are calling, he will answer you. Uh, I just, you can say that with assurance. Uh, and um, another part, yeah, I want to lead into my message today with a few of those other uh, songs. Um, God, you became flesh. You are so beautiful. That's a fundamental truth we need to grasp. It's not going to be my message today. All this is called actually Trinity Sunday in the religious uh, uh, teachings, lectionaries. Uh, and the Trinity is often hard to grasp. Uh, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But when you think about the fact the God of creation chose to take on flesh, making himself totally subject to all the things we go through, to walk with us, to guide us, and to teach us. That is so beautiful. Uh, he shared with us, and so he knows our sufferings. He knows what it's like to walk on this earth. And, uh, and so grasping that concept is important. And then the other part of the Trinity, I spoke a lot on last week, the Holy Spirit uh, that Jesus promised us uh, would come to empower us. And that message last week was empowered uh, to uh, talk about the fact that it can be very intimidating uh, at the end of Jesus' ministry he basically handed the baton to the disciples and said, you finish the race. <laughs> I mean, I think what I want to say, no, you're totally capable. I pass you by and you go on, but, but it's God's plan that he includes us. But he doesn't simply include us, he empowers us. Uh, and it's the, you know, it's the wonder that this God who loves us so much that he came down also trusts us so much. And that is just amazing. Um, so often you feel inadequate for that. But, but the reality is, it's not cocky to say, I am adequate. Because God says you are, because he empowered you. And so, so many people want to say, well, who am I to be a minister? And I don't mean me, I mean all of us, because we are all ministers of the gospel. Uh, and we shouldn't question that. That's our calling. Today, my title of my message is Graduation Day. Obviously, it's graduation season. My grandson uh, graduated uh, the other day from Carroll High School. He actually graduated in November, but he's just celebrating it now. And being a good grandpa, um, I forgot all about it. I was working, I came in, I look at my text, and my daughter's saying, are you coming to Ben's graduation? <laughs> and uh, there was like 23 minutes left in the scheduled time. Uh, I quickly hustled out there, and I made it with one minute left. But my family is so used to me that it was just part of the, 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 the laughter that I don't really get into special days. 
I set the bar pretty low. You can forget my birthday. I don't really care. People who were telling me, what are you guys doing for Father's Day? I, 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 is, when's Father's Day? You know, I, <laughs> I, I just don't care about special days. If people celebrate, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. If they, if they do something, and I, I believe me, I remembered Mother's Day. <laughs> I know it's okay for me not to care about it, but there are some that I think it's really important I remember for peace at home. Uh, but, um, but overall, um, those things don't matter to me. But graduation day is important. And, and, and what, what, a, what a graduate, whether it be from high school, uh, from college, uh, wherever, they're always inundated with, well, what are you going to do now? Uh, what, what, what are you going to do with your life? What, what, you know, and, and then, well, do you really think you can do that? Or do you, you know, all kinds of questions and uncertainty like you're really supposed to know. I mean, I can tell you I changed my major, I think, five times. So uh, if they expected me to know when I graduated from high school what I was going to do with my life, uh, I, I proved them wrong. I, <laughs> I didn't have a clue. Uh, and, and I bounced around, uh, and, but found my way, I believe. So uh, it, if your graduate is not certain where he's going and what he's doing, don't be too shook up about that. Uh, give him grace and give him time to grow. Uh, God does that with us. The graduation day we're going through today, we're going to talk about that graduation from being a disciple to being the one carrying the torch. You're still a disciple, but you're also carrying forward the baton of the message, the mission. You're graduating to being the person who is carrying forward the mission of God on earth. And that's our graduation. Now I say, don't get too hung up if your high school or college grad isn't really focused 100% or, or certain where they're going to go. Uh, also, don't get too shook up or 100% that you don't feel equipped or you don't feel like you can know how to do it uh, on carrying forward this mission of God. God understands that. If you study the life of the disciples, you will see tremendous growth from the moment Jesus first called them as... Follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. And you, know, you think they had any concept what that meant? Any, any way they were going to go? And if you watch how Peter was, Peter was constantly being aggressive and saying, I'll do everything, I'll do this, I'll never... And then he was constantly failing. And so Jesus gave up on him. <laughs> no. <laughs> Jesus had grace and nurtured him, developed him, and grew him through those times. And through that process, developed him into the Peter that was a tremendous spokesperson for the faith. So don't beat yourself up if you don't feel adequate. But keep telling yourself, I am adequate. Not me, but God in me. Uh, and with God's grace and God's blessing, I can do the mission. Now the problem is, we often 
don't engage that mission. We engage life. We engage occupations. We engage family. We engage all these things, which can be a part of it. But we leave the message of the gospel out, usually, because it's uncomfortable. We, we, we're afraid of offending people. We don't want to act like we're something special. Uh, and we think, who am I? <laughs> who am I? And the answer is, you're chosen by God to carry forward the message. So who are you to question? Who am I? God calls you to do it. It's not a choice. It's our job. Uh, it, but, but the reality is we don't. Yeah. I've got to say, I don't. So often, I don't actually share with people my faith. I hope it shows, and often I wait for them. But I think I'm supposed to look for opportunities and not wait for them, but to have an opportunity. What you look for is opportunities of soft hearts, people who... Um, who are hurting and, and a chance to share them. You don't have to bombard them with Bible verses. What you have to bombard them with is love. The song, I will build my life upon your love, is basically saying that. I will build my life on God's love, living my life Evidencing God's love. Unconditional, actual love for all other human beings. That means not going around trying to point out everything that's wrong with them. But what you want to show them is what's right with God. We spend so much time, religion and uh, Society pointing out people's sins and what's wrong and how they need to change. And fail to show them a God who loves them as they are now. And wants them. And God will bring about that change. Living a life built upon the love of God means living a life like Jesus modeled. A good example was Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well. Jesus' encounter with her, he encountered her as one human being to another, engaging with her and caring about her. And yet Jesus knew everything about her. He knew she had had many husbands, he knew all those things about her, and he didn't say, by the way, I know you. I know your sin, and what you've got, to, you've got to have to repent of that, and then I can help you. Jesus engaged her, loved her, cared for her, and then 
when the opportunity came, he then opened up for her. But he offered her living water before any repentance by her. He was offering her his love, his care, his mercy. Then was going to guide her on how to improve her life. We too often want to beat people up about what's wrong with them. And then we wonder why they don't want to come to church. This is a place where we grow. We share the love of God and let God then begin to work within their lives to change and bring about those changes in their style. I mean, is there anyone here who has succeeded in eliminating all sin from their life? I'm glad nobody did. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 I, I keep saying the thing that I think helps me to be able to talk with others about God's love and grace is by fully and absolutely appreciating how little I deserve it. I think you've got to be honest with yourself uh, because then you can grasp the value of God's grace enough to give it. And we've got to get to that point if we're going to carry this mission forward. I've really done very little of my message as written, so it's a... It's always kind of fun that way. But the, but the graduation message Jesus gives us today is from Matthew 28, 16 through 20. It's titled in most Bibles as the Great Commission. But let's read it. Uh, then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There are some great words in there. Jesus is saying, I got all authority. So he's reminding us that he is in unity with the Father and he has all authority to pass it on to us. And so this isn't being passed on as being saying, come on, I hope you will come around and ultimately become good enough. He's saying, I got all authority, and I'm giving it to you. That's pretty amazing. We also get that assignment and that assurance. This assurance at the end of this passage. And surely, surely, absolutely, 
I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he's not just passing us the baton. He's saying, by the way, I'm going to be running next to you. I am going to be with you. So if you happen to stumble around turn one, <laughs> I'm going to be there. If you aren't getting the baton white in the hand of the person we're supposed to hand it off to, I'm there with you. I will be with you always. The one with all authority. And we were promised last week, as Jesus said during his um, uh, ministry, he prepared us by telling us what the Holy Spirit was going to be. The Holy Spirit was going to come and give us all knowledge, lead us into all truth, to be with us constantly and guiding us. As Ben taught a few weeks back, that's the relationship we are invited into. It's not just a job description. It's a relationship. We are invited to be part of the relationship with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That relationship is what allows us to carry forward this mission. In that posture, we are fully human, but we have fully God, the Holy Spirit. So we have what Jesus had when he was walking. So when he says we, he had all authority, we have all authority. And he said that in the message last week. He actually gave authority to the disciples to forgive or not forgive sins. Now, I'm going to have to delve a little bit more into that not forgive sins part of it. <laughs> uh, because, I, frankly, I, can't, I have a hard time finding myself not forgiving sins. Uh, uh, and I have a hard time with that a little bit. So I haven't studied that uh, a little bit more to carry forward really the, the context in which Jesus was saying that. But giving us that authority to forgive sins. Uh, now, it's a pretty easy authority to have if you'll take it. I mean, it's pretty easy to say to somebody, I forgive you. You know, you're forgiven for your sins. I mean, that's pretty easy. It's an easy conversation to have as opposed to, you know how bad of a person you are because of your sins? Yeah. So if we approach it from the prospect that I can forgive them their sins, there is repentance that needs to be involved in our lives. But as I said, again, that repentance flows out of the understanding of the love and grace and mercy of God. When I understand that, then I can feel real repentance. I can, I can say, my God, how have I turned from you in this way? Sadly, I have to have that conversation a few times with God a week. <laughs> but... I never question, never question that he forgives me. Not because I'm entitled, but because he promised he would. And that allows me then to live the life of love that he asked me to live. If I fully grasp that, 
Because when you fully grasp it, you want to do good. It's not, a, it's not an obligation. It becomes a desire. I am filled with the desire to live a life that honors God. Not because it's an obligation, but because He loves me so much and gives me undeserved mercy and grace. How can I not love back? My next headline, and I've covered it a little bit, was those are awesome things that Jesus said. But just as important is what Jesus was not saying. Jesus was not emphasizing how to behave and the avoiding of sin. He wasn't listing, okay, here's all the things uh, you're going to have to do in order to be the person carrying my torch. Why? Because he had already taken care of it. He knew the sin issue was finished. It doesn't mean we were free of sin. But he knew the penalty for sin had been paid. And the issue now was teaching his love, mercy, and grace to the world so that the world could come to know the true God. Jesus wanted the focus to be on the mission, sharing with people the love, grace, and mercy of God and bringing them into this relationship with the Trinity and with us. He freed us from the jail sin had created so we could focus on loving one another and thereby reveal the love of God. The song, the chains are gone. Every time we sing that, I bust my hands apart, picturing the breaking of those chains. Because the chains are gone. And what I tell you is, don't let anyone put them on you. Too much the church's uh, religions, organized religions, want to go back to rules and regulations that you must comply with in order to qualify. Those rules and regulations are not necessarily bad. But saying they're a hinder to you having a relationship with God is wrong. It's a lie, and don't believe it. Accept what Jesus said. He finished those works. Understand, there's a time for nurturing. There's a time for talking about sin. There's a time for nurturing and developing disciples. That's part of what this is here. Church is a place for nurturing. Bible studies, small Bible studies is a place for nurturing. Counseling with a pastor or um, an elder is a place for nurturing. It's a place for holding accountable. 
It's a place for, uh, um, with an understanding of a relationship. When you have a relationship with someone, you then can speak about accountability with them. When you've opened up that relationship that God wants us to have, then you can talk to them about their alcohol problem, their sex addiction problem, their, their, um, their laziness, uh, any issue that you know is affecting their lives, then you can start addressing those things. But it comes from a position of love, not a position of condemnation. That's how we grow as disciples, and that's how we grow as a church. Again, we draw people not by showing them what's wrong with them, but by showing them what's right with God. Revealing to them a God that, that loves them enough to die on the cross to restore the relationship. That's how much he wants a relationship with you. That's how much he wants a relationship with every person you meet. Showing them that God. When you show them that relationship, we can then make headway in all of our battles with the earthly desires and sins. But it goes in that order. We don't ask them to qualify first because then there'd be even less people here than there are now because none of us could do it. Uh, if you're here, you for whatever reason have been led to be here. If you're watching online or if you get a chance to, to um, tune in to this message because they're recorded, and you can listen to them again. If you haven't yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you haven't come to know that love, now most of you I know here personally, so I know that that's true in your life, but sometimes we can put on good fronts. Sometimes we can attend church for a show rather than really grasping the meaning. So I don't want to take anything for granted. So if you have not yet, or if you're listening to this, and you haven't yet come to know the wonderful love and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, of the God of all creation, come to know you are fully loved. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. Individually. God has that relationship and desires that relationship with you. If you haven't known that relationship, perhaps religion has sold you some other um, relationship. Don't settle for it. Again, when I said to start off, when that song says, Father, when you're calling, don't pass me by. When I'm calling, don't pass me by. Just because others are. I can assure you, he will not. Because he has said he will not. 
I can't say that based upon me. I can say that based upon who he is and who he's told us. So if you have not accepted, today's the day. Now, if you have accepted or you're just coming to that, I would also encourage you to undergo baptism. Now, I want you to know it is my belief that baptism is not an absolute requirement for salvation. I think if we write that in as, a, as an absolute requirement, we're, we're going back to a doctrine of works. Uh, however, there is disagreement on that within religions. Uh, and so if you would go to my notes, I've got an extensive section where I uh, share kind of the rationale for why it's not a requirement but a good practice, and then some who say it's an essential requirement. And I want you to be able to see both. So you can there. Uh, and you know, there, there, are, there are scriptural things that people pull on to say it's an essential requirement. But I think they read things into it that weren't actually said there. But I want you to be fully informed. So it's in those notes. Um, also, there's some good, pretty good notes on the Trinity and understanding that there. Uh, it's fun preparing messages because I love to study, and, and so I get to learn a lot. And on this particular one, I put a lot more notes in there because these are two topics that you might have questions about, and they would guide you into perhaps a study or a better understanding uh, of those things. But if you're a believer uh, and you have not gone through baptism, or if you are just accepting that and you want to go through baptism, Ask us. I do think it's a tremendous experience to go through. I was baptized as a child in the old traditional Methodist way of sprinkling a little water on me and, and baptizing me. I frankly think that really does nothing <laughs> other than consecrate my parents. I think it's a good commitment to a parent that they're going to raise you as a Christian. But it doesn't do anything for me because it's not an expression of my faith when I'm a baby. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I like, I think here we do dedication services for babies where uh, we do that and we'll, we'll sprinkle water, but we're dedicating. And what we're saying is as a parent, when you bring your child and we go through that, you're saying you are committing to fulfill your obligation to be a nurturer of that child in the faith, to grow them up and allowing them to see uh, the love of God and that relationship. Uh, but we save baptism for when, as an adult, you express uh, the choice. And then we, when we can get access to it, do immersion baptism. Now, as an adult, I went through immersion baptism because I wanted the experience. I didn't feel I needed it because I already knew I had a relationship with God. I knew the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life. So baptism couldn't have been a requirement for me because I already had that. It was manifest in my life. Uh, but I wanted it because I wanted to feel that new birth. Because frankly, although I had known God's grace and I had a relationship with God, I hadn't done a good job of ordering my life around it. And so I wanted to express that it's my desire 
to not only accept his cleansing of my sin, but to persevere in the battle to avoid sin. And I just wanted to express that as my intent. But So if you are a believer and haven't been through that, or if you um, have just come to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I encourage you to speak to us about going through baptism because I think it is an altering experience if you go into it with the right mindset and the right meaning. So um, I'm also, by the way, I, I think it's a good practice not to always repeat baptisms all the time, but I'm not against someone um, going through a baptism again if their life has been such that they feel like they want to dedicate a change. So there are others who disagree with that, though. There are some who, if you've been baptized, won't, won't baptize you again. But frankly, if it helps you in your faith, it helps you grow, it helps you walk, frankly, I'm all for it. Uh, if you want to affirm and go through the process again, I'm all for that because anything to help uh, the process. So today we celebrate the graduation of all those who have completed their studies in school, but much more significant, we celebrate the fact we have graduated from the role of having to earn God's love and grace and mercy and are joining in relationship with him. It does not matter what job, occupation, or life you move into. Whatever or wherever you choose, your mission remains the same. And God wants to use it in that occupation or that life, wherever you're at. That's what he wants to do, penetrate the world through us. So it doesn't matter what job you're doing or where you're doing it. You have an opportunity to manifest the love and grace and mercy of God and draw others into this relationship. The goal isn't to get people to show up in church or to do any other religious act. The mission is to share that love of God. This is what it means to say, I love God. We share that love with the world. Amen. Now, if you'll join me, I've got a closing prayer. Prepared. And knowing how wonderfully blessed we are by having Angie and Jenny who can do these kind of things and the PowerPoints and get them up. I sent this, I think, at maybe 2 in the morning. <laughs> I don't remember uh, because I forgot to send it. I, it was done. I just forgot to send it. Uh, but it's still here, so you'll join me in this prayer. Lord, I have received your love, grace, and mercy. I thank you and praise you. I hear your authority and your command that I go forth to make disciples. I want to do that. I want to grow to be a good follower and join your mission. Guide me. Holy Spirit, lead me into all truth. Open my heart and my eyes to see opportunities in my daily life and provide me the words and actions so you would be revealed and all would come to know you and join our family and you would be given all the praise and glory. Amen.